0: welcome to our second segment of this afternoon's program it's sunday the 30th of january 2022 it is now one thirty-three p.m in the studio i'm your host kieran murdoch uh, in this half hour we'll be hearing from the democratic national alliance's team leader in saint peter Ms. shaniel imhoff Uh, Initially, she was meant to participate in a debate in a panel format here on The Big Issues this Sunday uh, with a representative from the ABLP and one from the UPP, Uh, but the event was cancelled after the participants from the ABLP and the UPP withdrew for different reasons on Friday. Uh, I will state publicly that The Big Issues remains open to reorganizing that debate if and when the three participants are agreed upon doing so. Uh, But as it stands, neither the agreed ABLP participant or the agreed UPP participant has made it known to us when next they may become available. Uh, So on this segment, as I said, we hear from the Democratic National Alliance about approaches it would take in the constituency of St. Peter. And later on in the half hour, we'll also discuss the nature of our political discourse here in Antigua and Barbuda, and we'll ask the question of why it is often rare for opposing parties to meet each other for frank and honest discussions in a public forum. Uh, Ms. Shania Limhoff, as I said, the Democratic National Alliance's team leader in the constituency of St. Peter. She joins us on Zoom, and we're happy to have her with us this afternoon. Uh, good afternoon to you, Miss Imhoff. How are you doing? We'll have to unmute your microphone there. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. I am Sorry to pause you, Miss Imhoff, but we're very, very much barely hearing you. Almost not at all. You're very, very low. Is that better? Ever so slightly. I'm not sure if you... Um, okay increase your is that better yes much clearer now much clearer thank you so much
1: excellent all right no problem I was telling you thank you for having me you know it is always a pleasure to be on the big issues with you Mm.
0: Uh, let me ask you um, the issues of course that we would have dealt with were very very basic issues the first would have been the issue of economy uh, and particularly unemployment Um, of course we're talking about business opportunities employability and the effect of COVID-19 COVID-19 as we all know has had a very uh, uh a serious and detrimental effect on all economies around the world, particularly tourism-dependent economies such as Antigua and Barbuda, and many have struggled to find ways even before COVID-19 to increase their household income or to find better paying employment. Um, I'm curious, within the context of COVID-19 and uh, the number of strains that there are on the economy at this time, uh, were your party to form a government after the next election, uh, what would it do to try and increase employment, business opportunities, uh, to sort of relieve the economic pressure on the people, particularly uh, in Saint Peter, for example?
1: So, all right. So, as you rightfully said, uh, COVID nineteen has put uh, extreme strain on all of our all of our sectors, economy, health, everything. Right, and specifically in St. Peter I would I would go a bit broad first and specifically in St. Peter I think that it has shown us as well that we have to diversify we have to it's not if but or maybe at this point in time I think that this pandemic and its effect on our economy and our tourism product etc is a wake up call and should be a wake up call to anybody who is serious about governance that we should diversify so the Democratic National Alliance is all about being new, fresh, and dynamic. So industries such as the orange economy, which deals with creatives, the arts, and um, tapping into the tapping into the skills and talents of our of our citizens and residents, is absolutely right up there in terms of priority, right? Additionally, developing a proper entrepreneurial ecosystem is very important we have many people here who have small businesses that cropped up due to the pandemic after the you know after they had to go home for whatever reason they said to themselves that listen I'm going to do something for myself and we have to ensure that they have the tools and the resources necessary to build those businesses because although they may seem small all of those little things add up to help ensure that we have a stable economy. We cannot continue to rely on just one thing. We have too much skills and talents within this country and specifically within the St. Peter constituency to do that because historically, um, Param is one of the only places, I think the only village or whatever, which is still referred to as a town because that is what it is. It is a town. This is a coastal community that has been neglected for the, for the past 20 plus years and i say 20 plus to 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 just illustrate how long it has been because i am 20 plus so i from the time i was small growing up visiting my extended family etc up until now not much has changed in that regard that is a community that is right and ripe for that sort of redevelopment that should be people focused and people centered.
0: Let me ask uh, uh, just to follow up on this point before we we jump to the next um, uh, we often hear talk about diversification of the economy uh, but um, the issue with that becomes of course investment and and, and, uh, we rely quite a bit on foreign direct investment uh, and of course foreign investors are pretty concerned with investing in areas where they can securely feel that they're going to get an industry off the ground and they're going to make a profit uh, and tourism tends to be one of those things uh, so often when we talk about diversification um, the question arises you know where is the solid investment going to come from to support that sort of move mm-hmm. Ms. Imhoff?
2: Is, is that for Stineo or Imhoff? That's, 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 that's I'm for here. you Ms. Imhoff, that's Are, for you, you, Ms.
0: Imhoff. You, Are you hearing me? Yes I am, you got the question?
1: Excellent. And um, could you repeat for me, you went dead
0: for a second. Sorry about that. Um, might have been a, a technical issue. Um, no, the investment. No. I was saying um, we often rely on foreign direct investment. And, and in terms of tourism, that is an area which f- foreign investors are uh, often m- more comfortable getting into. More assured that they will see a return um, on their investment. Uh, so, when we talk about diversification and broadening the base of our economy in terms of expanding other industries, the question arises where will the investment come from? And whether or not foreign investors will be open to investing in other sectors of our economy?
1: That's where we create sectoral linkages, Kieran. Um, and it's important to note that we're not saying, you know, we're going to do away with tourism, because a lot of persons like to latch on that to say, oh, so what are you going to do then? That is not the case. Diversity means having more than one. And in having that more than one, you create these sectoral linkages. So between tourism, agriculture, that same orange economy, et cetera. And the Democratic National Alliance has policies that will encourage alternative alternative industries such as TVET with right from within our from within our schools because many times people don't learn on the same level or they learn very differently and we have to nurture those types of those types of learners from day one and doing something like that will be will ensure that it's much easier for us to create these sectoral linkages to ensure that these investments um, have a proper return Hmm.
0: Uh, on the issue of um... Um, our physical infrastructure and our housing. That, of course, is a problem in many of our communities here in Antigua and Barbuda. To some extent, we inherited that situation historically, and to some other extent, we are responsible for not necessarily policing our our development in the way that we should uh, since we've been in control of our own governance. Um, uh, Basic utilities, I mean, throughout every administration, water has been a problem, electricity is an on-and-off problem, Um, affordable housing... Is something that successive governments have worked on in different ways, but um, many have not been fully and totally satisfied in you know the uh, 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 extent to which uh, varied and affordable housing is, is is made available through the cooperation with the public sector in Antigua and um, Barbuda. Well, that is. There was a lot of disturbance there. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, so the question is, what would uh, the Democratic National Alliance do in terms of affordable housing and improving infrastructure?
1: Okay. So for affordable housing and improving infra- infrastructure, we have two. We have two policies that I can that I can get into. We don't have a lot. Of, we don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to try to be as brief as possible. Right. So in terms of affordable housing the dna's housing policy is a three-tier um is a three-tier policy is with low income housing middle income of course high income housing right and what that will do is it opens the housing market to everyone because our motto is prosperity our motto is prosperity for all not just for some because many times a lot of these housing projects etc they target a, a, a specific um we they target, they target a specific demographic the cost is not affordable for the average person so we have to ensure that the average person who is not making as much as persons who are being targeted now are are also in the when it comes to that because at the end of the day everyone cannot always be in the same position as everyone else but as a responsible government when it comes to basic needs like housing and infrastructure, we have to make sure that policies are in place and programs are in place to deal with the regular, everyday man. Now, when it comes to infrastructure and maintenance, because maintenance is, maintenance is a huge thing that we don't take seriously here. We build something or we create something and we just leave it there. There's no maintenance, there's nothing like that. Now, one of the things that the DNA is extremely passionate about is uh, decentralizing government through parish councils. Now parish councils will be parish councils will be made up of persons within the communities within the parishes who have the capabilities to ensure that these things get done because right now people are people are fed up of throwing up water to bathe. I know I definitely am driving you have to get a whole dump truck to drive out of your yard i mean it's 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 frustrating and at some point we have to realize that the systems that we have are broken but what can we do to fix them we as people have to be the ones to drive this home and to ensure that we make these parish councils work for us because that 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 takes away that power that those mps have to say well two days before election, I'm gonna fix your road. I hope you're gonna vote for me. No, those are things that you should already be doing. So by doing that and ensuring that these, these, these basic facilities like infrastructure, street lighting, street naming, house numbering, small things like that, that really do actually matter to a lot of people, are put in, hands, put in the hands of people who actually care who are actually affected by it and who are non-politically affiliated so the work actually gets done it's not about votes and doing anything just to appease anyone anymore we are encouraging persons to be a part of parish councils become parish councillors up your leadership skills up everything because at the end of the day the more qualified and skilled people we have running anything in this country the better it is for everyone involved.
0: Uh, and my very last uh, uh, question you. to you directly uh, would have been um, very briefly on the issue of community development, just to, to get a sense of uh, what sort of perspective you have of community development, particularly, if, let's say, for example, in St. Peter, um, in terms of, uh, you know, the level of civic and, 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 and private sector involvement in different groups, different organizations <laughs> that sort of work cooperatively uh, for the betterment of the community. Um, are you satisfied with the level of community development in St. Peter sure? and, you know, what would you want to
2: do there can, I, can I say something
0: yeah sure Carl. go ahead
2: can i say something just before uh mr move answers this question uh, you know I, I really could not let this opportunity pass without offering what i think is a bit of a a slight bit of a scolding, but also a bit of an encouragement for us to really take the idea of political debates and political discussion in this country more seriously i think these are very sensible very appropriate and very logical questions to ask the candidates in any election cycle. um, Ms Imhoff is clearly holding her own and and, and delivering uh, her party's policies quite clearly. And I think a real opportunity was missed to hear from the other other political parties, the other perspectives, um, and to have a real serious engagement. And I I just really want to acknowledge this and I really want to say to individuals, not to the specifics of, of this particular uh, situation, but to say to broadly say to people who are politically aspirant and to any anybody who are who are going to put themselves forward to run for an election, are basic requirements of being a politician is the ability to speak into the debate. So it's a, it's a fundamental requirement, and I think that the idea of being shielded from the media by party bosses—I'm not saying it's happening in this situation—but the idea of, of not wanting to expose your hand and, and shielding candidates and being afraid is, to my mind, not helpful. If you want to be a politically aspirant person, a very core requirement, I mean, I wouldn't show up to a a court of law if I couldn't debate the law. I wouldn't show up to a medical practitioner uh, to the doctor's office if I couldn't understand human biology. A very core requirement of being able to be um, a politician or political leader is the ability to debate public policy. To sit down and talk about, I am running for constituency X. My party plans to do XYZ if elected. Um, these are our plans, these are our proposals. And I think that to have this engagement, and what is worse is that the people who are running, and I'm going to be specific in this context the people who are running in St. Peter's constituency, with the exception of one, uh, are young people, I think below the age of 35. And here's a perfect opportunity to display the, the talents of our youth, right? To see what more young people have to say on very, very, um, very important issues. I don't think that there's much hope, sadly, for the old generation to come into the same program, particularly if it was in a program a, 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 a station for which there's issues. But there's certainly an opportunity to change political culture among particularly younger people. So I really hope that the offer by um, by the other parties is taken up at some point in the future, and the schedules will clear at some point. Because these are very, I mean, we're having a, a basic an echo chamber right now, because you can't hear cross-party discussions, debates, rebuttals. I mean, these are important things. I mean, she need Imhoff would have come through the uh, debate from way back when she's part of this parliament. She's on. Unf- she's not unfamiliar with this kind of thing. Mm. Let me um, really um, want
0: let to me jump to, in here, guys. Let me I let you me really jump want in here.
2: Into, let me jump in here because um,
0: yeah, I was saying let me let, <laughs> let, me, let me let me jump in because we um we we, we were gonna address this topic with the, with the the latter fifteen minutes of the of the thing until until two o'clock um but uh since we've already gotten into it um Chenille, i hope you don't mind if i sort of um uh, d- dump that last question about community development i mean you you could address it to some extent but well, I, would, I, I would also shift to ask you about mm, your views on our political discourse here in Antigua and barbuda
1: not a problem i can give you 30 seconds i'm carlin if we go way back to junior cabinet days if you know you know right so in terms of community development and involvement etc i would say that i so St. Peter is made up of, of quite a few communities, notably Paramount, Fitches Creek, Gunther's Estate, Vernon's Weirs, Blackman, et cetera. It's a, one of the largest constituencies geographically, has over 3,000 electors, right? And outside of a few communities, as uh, Pieces of Painters, Fitches Creek, et cetera, we don't see a lot of community engagement and involvement. The Fitches Creek um, Residents Association is a prime example of what great community involvement and engagement can be. And I think other areas in the constituency can benefit from whatever blueprint that they have there. They have a lot of community pride, they have a lot of engagement with persons within the community. Everybody knows everyone and there's a level of there's a level of safety and cooperation, et cetera. I always look forward to the events because they're always very well put together and run by the people within the communities. You now, for a place like Parham Town, for instance, where, as I said, it is a town. It has these amazing amenities like uh, football, football fields, basketball courts, etc. I think there's much, much to be desired in terms of what we have been given over the last 20-plus years. There's so much more that can be done by the people within the community and of course by 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 the representative who was elected to represent it doesn't make any sense to elect somebody to represent you when you only see them when it's election time they're not doing what they're supposed to do and they're focusing on the wrong things you know so i think there's much to be desired and putting Forward and I have to agree with Caroline, you yeah, putting forward these ideas thing. by Hello? myself It's so not exactly helpful to, to, to I mean, have I mean, other voices. I mean, so we can, myself, even if we're a political exactly opponents, bounce ideas off of each other. Because at the end of the day, if what your true intention is is to improve the community, you should be able to work with whoever is there, politics, society, and ensure that the constituency gets the best representation possible.
0: Mm. Uh, and to the issue of um, our our political discourse here in Antigua and Barbuda, um, we don't often have situations, uh, and I'm not specifically speaking about the event that was planned for today, um, we, we, in general in Antigua and Barbuda, across various election cycles, we, we have not often had situations where multiple parties meet in the same public forum, um, and and more specifically speak honestly and frankly, because that, that really is the, the critical thing, because we, we have had situations where persons do meet in public forums from different parties, uh, but it, it can be quite loud. Uh, and, and quite a lot of rhetoric, uh, more of a an entertainment than you know, sort of a meaningful conversation. Um, why do you think that is, Miss Imhoff? And then I'll ask Mr. Knight the same question.
1: I think that our politics needs to be mature a little bit more. I think we we we're, we're still we're still pretty much stuck where we were in the 1970s, 80s, where it's very tribal and divisive. Because yes we have the political main political parties all of us have our own radio shows we have our own you know niches we have our base etc but those are the things that actually win an election and you're not given you're not you're not given an opportunity to really talk to other people or hear other hear other hear other uh, perspectives because it's sort of a thing where i grew up in a in a in a a house where everybody supported one particular party and that is all i know so i'm not going to get out of that and that comes from persons really not knowing how the political process should work not how it always works because that's how it's supposed to work how the political process should work so i think a lack of education on that and or or our political immaturity and divisiveness mm-hmm. does not, it doesn't well for these types of conversations. They usually sometimes devolve into shouting matches, and that does not help anyone. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and Mr. Knight, um, on the question of uh, why we traditionally don't see a, a, a lot of coming together in the same sort of forum, um, what, what would you say in terms of Antigua and Barbuda's political yeah,
2: I mean, so. So I mean, beyond the point of maturity, which is which is well put, I think that the idea is that there's a lack of a lack of um, there's a couple of reasons. One of which is a lack of trust, right? So I mean, I, I think that politicians generally don't want to be ambushed in any setting where they're going to be asked questions, particularly where they don't have control over over what is what is being being asked, right? And so there, there's this idea of I, I don't want this to turn into a free-for-all where I'm going to leave myself exposed necessarily. But I, and I get that that's a very real fair, um, but the idea of also you know exposing your hand too early, giving your opponents a leg up, you know I have been put, you know part of a, a team that put together a debate in this country, uh, and one of the biggest issues was and we were told so by the general secretary one the party you never ever give your your, your opponents a platform they can get on their own. So I think from the strategizing point of view they have their reasons, but the but the idea is. And I think if you look at social media, you look at uh, where it's being discussed, people have an appetite. This is not just a matter of whether it is morally the right thing to do. There is a, there is a reason why you should want to do this. Right, even if you're thinking purely strategically, there is an appetite for it. People are asking for it. They want to hear more of these kinds of discussions. And it gives you an opportunity, for example, to say that you're letting the DNA get a platform to come in and, and, and talk about all the things that they want to do. You know, and you're missing an opportunity to be able to respond in real time, to critique the policies and to put them under the defensive. Here's an offer, you're giving them free airtime. Right, why would you want to do that? You should be, be able to come on a, on, a, on a program. I agree that certain topics shouldn't be discussed like you know there's very sensitive issues around the prime minister and rent and all those kind of things but a very simple debate like you're running for a constituency what are your plans for the constituency to my mind and it's not a polarizing kind of discussion that's going to engender too much animosity and i think the young people especially to come on i mean i I pointed out that the people in st peter's are all under the age of 40 maybe under the age of 35 to come on and have a discussion my name is x this is what i plan to do that's a very simple thing to do. It should be a very simple thing to do. And I think to respond to things that Ms. Jack, Ms. Emhoff um, office saying, right? To say, well, you know what, this is this can't work. And this is why this can't work. You are giving the people pipe dreams. You should be able to defend yourself. You should be able right. to debate. You should be a- You should look forward, quite frankly, to opportunities to go on in the air and, and, and not get into shouting matches, but to get into debates. We used to enjoy junior cabinet and those things because it's an opportunity to do. To, to debate with your opponents. And I'm not particularly certain why we're having people of a, a, a of political generation who do not like the idea of engaging with their opponents in the context of office. It's kind of what the, the job requires. So instead of using social media to, to throw jabs and, and throw, throw barbs and engage in these kinds of things, why not come on to these kinds of programs? Yes, I agree, we should be making, we should make it as neutral as possible, controlled as possible. But have, like, what is what is your plan for the constituency? That's a very simple thing. And I think that we should have more of these things happen. And I would encourage people who are serious to continue to engage in this kind of way. It's helpful. And I don't think it's politically damaging in any way. Uh,
0: Ms. Imov, do you think we, um and, and I have to make this question really brief, um, do you think we we tend to prefer the rhetoric, the innuendos, the allegation, in terms of how we, we practice our political discourse? And uh, not only that, but we, we do as well... Um, get handicapped sometimes by the, I think, by the, um, the, the the landscape of media. I mean, media houses have become, well, not have become, but have been and have become uh, extremely partisan so that everybody sort of has their own outlet and preaches to the converted. Um, and there's, there's not a lot of neutral ground. Um, but But what do you think about our preference for rhetoric as opposed to, you know, sensible conversations?
1: I don't think we prefer it. I think we are just used to it. Because when somebody comes with and speaking actual your sense and rhetoric, people are very receptive to that. People are very receptive to that. But they've been so used to the rhetoric that when somebody says, somebody's going on like that, somebody's, you know, giving pipe dreams, whatever, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, another day, another day, same thing, same old, same old. So we're used to it. I don't think we prefer it. And I think that from the response of the general public not just people in st peter but the general public to the to the idea of us having this sort of engagement here it was it was amazing it was overwhelming and people on all sides of the divide would have called and said you know what i i don't necessarily support x y and z but i'm i am eager to hear what all of you have to say because you know this is something new this is something different and i think that given the given the opportunity that persons would actually prefer these types of engagements over the rhetoric. Of course, you know, you have to have the the rallies and the motorcades and firing up your base and all of that good stuff, but you have to be able to strike a balance as well, right? Because we're not saying do that 100% because, you know, people love that. I also still enjoy things like that but then, at the end of the day, we have to be able to have these conversations as well. These are super important, especially if, especially yeah. if you want to change the political landscape in Antigua and Barbuda. Is that the last question, Kieran? Because I have one last thing I would love to say.
0: Well, I wanted to throw it to over the to I th- <laughs> yeah. go ahead. I, I'll throw it over to Colin. Night afterwards.
1: Okay, could you throw it over to Colin and then come back to me?
0: Um, sure, Mr. Knight. Um, on that question, on that question uh, particularly yes, the media no. landscape and the uh, uh, availability of neutral ground, sort of affects um, how conversations between political parties takes place.
2: Look, well, I mean, you don't need to tell you that we have an issue. with That I mean, you know what the, what the job is and how rough it is. I have worked in the media, and it is real rough. And and certainly, um, the, the issue also is that even when you try to be a a very, you know, sort of serious, impartial guy, Uh, the the very fact of being able to push back on policies makes you seem tainted. So the idea is you shouldn't critique me, you shouldn't ask tough questions, you shouldn't bring up controversial issues. But then if you don't want that, then you do not want a media landscape in general. I mean, the idea of, and this is what I want to say as well, if if you want a profession, please understand what the profession is going to entail. Right. If you wanna be a politician, you're gonna get media scrutiny. you're gonna to get tough questions, you're gonna get people talking about you, you're gonna get the, the, the press coming to you to ask questions, you're gonna be in this is something you have to be prepared for and the thing skinless of our of our, of our political uh, climate I think is is part of the reason why we don't get more of this kind of engagement. Not that we don't really have serious journalists who I think can be trustworthy and impartials, I think we do. I think you're one of them, if I may say so myself. Um, I think that what the issue is that we have very thin skin, so you can't talk about me because I'm the minister. How dare you question me? How dare you raise a question about something like this? It is it is not good enough. We have to be serious enough. And sometimes you listen to things on the radio, people talking about you left, right, and center, and you just turn off the radio and say, Stop us, right? You know, this is what public life demands. And I think fundamentally, in the issue of engagement look, if you do not like to debate and talk, you have to go to Parliament and talk on, on the budget. You're going to have a real rough time if you can't debate. Please, please, these things are very serious. Get, get, get comfortable with them. They're part and parcel of what political life demands. And that's what I have to say on that. Ms. Hmm. Imhoff,
0: uh, uh, you can end us off uh, briefly.
1: All right. Thank you so much. And, Carlin, I agree with you 110%. Thank you so much for having me, Kieran. It is always a pleasure.
0: Of course. uh, You just heard the voice of uh, Shaniel Imhoff, uh, the Democratic National Alliance's team lead in St. Peter. And we were, of course, as well joined on this segment by Mr. Carlet Knight, uh, political and socioeconomic affairs commentator. Thanks to both of you for joining us this afternoon.